Good afternoon. This is typically not how we start our shows, but this is not a typical week. This Wednesday, we saw a group of insurrectionists and domestic terrorists siege an attempted coup at the U.S. Capitol building after being emboldened by President Trump at a rally earlier that day. Wednesday was, of course, the day of the congressional certification of the Electoral College votes. Objections to the votes were led by Missouri Senator Josh Harley and Texas Senator Ted Cruz, along with a handful of Republican senators and over 100 Republican House members. Washington, D.C. is not just the nation's capital, but also a community as well. And we have a clip from Now This News, and it's been a clip that's been uh, going around all media spheres of two neighbors in the Washington, D.C. area talking about the insurrection, the mob from Wednesday. Get the f*** out of town! Treasonous pieces of And that was the question. The scene at the Capitol and the lack of security led many to ask, quote, where were they? And noting that if the insurrectionists were black, they'd be shot dead. As you heard in the clip, if this was Black Lives Matter, it would be a different story. We start our program off on that note with my interview with Jamina Molinas from yesterday. I just initially want to start off. What were your reactions um, yesterday when we saw um, a, a mob, um, a group of insurrectionists, um, domestic terrorists, um, siege and take over the Capitol? Well, I, when, when I first, first off, I will, I'm going to say, we're going to call them terrorists and white supremacists. Cause that's what it is. It's like, if we don't call it that, then it's like, we're not getting to the root of the problem because that's I'll be quoting was. you um, yes. for that. Yeah. Cause that's what, that's what the, it was white supremacy. Um, but when I saw it, I was like, I was in a mix of like shocked, but like not shocked at the same time. Like, I was just like, I was like, this is like insane, like that they were able to like take over a government building. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, why? Of course they can, because, you know, their skin color affords them that privilege to break into that building because it's, you know, I even if I wanted to, I could never do what they did yesterday. I would probably have been killed like before I even crossed the gates, which is like insane. I would have been killed. I could have been, you know, beaten by the police. I would have been tear gassed, you know? So this whole thing was like, just watching on the news. I was like, like, this was insane. And uh, let, let's get to that. Um, a lot of people are asking, where was the security um, at, at the Capitol building, especially during a time when Congress, both chambers um, of Congress were supposed to be certifying the um, electoral college votes, um, obviously um, giving a full congressional certification for Joe Biden, um, even though we already knew um, he won the presidency, no matter how much um, the current uh, president wants to say that he won the election, we know that is false. Um, but a lot of people were saying, where was the security? Um, and 
a lot of people on Twitter, um, in the media, in, on Instagram, on TikTok, were, were saying uh, exactly what you said, um, that if these, um, if these insurrectionists or what you um, have labeled them as um, terrorists, um, were people of color, were black, were brown, were um, any other persons of color, then it would have been a different reaction. What do you have to, um, to say about that? What does that say about the whole idea of security um, and, and race in America? And this is just happening um, about six, uh, five to six months after we last had you on um, talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. For me, it just goes to show you like how white supremacy is at the root of, you know, the foundation of America. And the fact that, as we said, like what the reaction of police and all those guards shows you that, you know, they know how to not use force. They know how to not use brutality. They know, you know, procedures are like what to do with protests, but they choose not to do it when your skin is, is white, basically. So it's like for us and for black people, for Asian people, for um, people who identify as Hispanic, it's, you know, it's a automatic force because we you know we are less than we are not equal to the white person no matter how how hard we try no matter how you know much we work to like live in peace and you know live in coherent it's you know we are we're never enough and we're always going to be seen as less than so we are deserving to in their eyes we're like we deserve to be treated like trash and deserve to be treated like less than human so it's that's honestly what what this event and this very ugly day in history of the many ugly days in history of this presidency is showing that white supremacy is the root of the problem and it's something that Americans need to like reckon with because it's like if they don't recognize that this is not just white privilege this is white supremacy then it's like nothing is nothing is going to change if it's just going to be seen as white privilege when it's not it's really just white supremacy. Is Donald Trump the cause of this or is white supremacy and white privilege the cause of this? I'm gonna say both. So I would say Donald Trump is, um, he is the prime epitome of white supremacy in this country of like, you know, born and raised and, you know, have these influence ideals. Like he's the epitome because it's like, he's made it to this platform where now, you know, he's made it okay, not okay, but he's made it more that you can express it openly or that it's more like, it can result in like highest forms of violence. So like, I would say like before his privacy, it's not like white supremacy didn't exist, but it was like more so he brought it to a platform. He brought it to a different form of extremism that like hadn't, that was more open in this country basically. And it's like, you know, it was kind of made more subtle, but he made it more overt. So that's what I would describe it. So I think basically, you know, what happened yesterday was the result of Donald Trump and his action and his words and his, you know, ideology and that he's created this, you know, these people who idolize him, which, you know, doesn't make any sense, but they idolize him, basically. So it's his ideology and white supremacy that resulted in yesterday's events. And then just going back to the actions of the current president right now, everyone remembers that scene out in Lafayette Square, um, uh, driving out peaceful protesters with rubber bullets and tear gassing them just for the president um, to take a photo op um, with an upside down Bible um, in his hand. And then the lack of National Guard troops um, at the Capitol until 
Um, Virginia and Maryland sent in their own state troopers um, and National Guard to assist the Capitol uh, Police. What does that say about the administration as a whole? What it goes to show is that this administration, like what Trump's administration is, uses the National Guard um, like when it benefits him and when it benefits his white privilege. So it's kind of like, in this case, he like, obviously he had the authority to send the National Guard and he refused to because this is something that's benefiting him. It's what's it's what he wanted and what he, this is what he wanted so that he could get, hoping that for some reason that like the election can be overturned. Um, so like it's, it just, honestly, it just, as I stated, it just goes to show you like how really rooted like the issue of white supremacy is and the fact that, um, you know, he had the power to stop this and he didn't like for the greater good of, you know, the country, he just decided not to. Um, and then it also just goes to show you like how even frustrated, I think many even like local governments and surrounding governments are with just his presidency overall and that like, you know, the fear for the surrounding communities, like, you know, especially because DC is a predominantly like um, black and brown area. And so it, it's just kind of like showing to show the fear of like, you know, they don't matter in this case. It's only these, you know, we, these white supremacists coming that matter. How should President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris sort of quell um, and lower the temperature or almost as they would say, heal the nation? Um, coming from yesterday's attack? That's an interesting question. Um, I would say, you know what, honestly, they're, they're just going to have to like, I, I mean, they've, I've, I feel like on election night and, you know, when they were declared when AP called it on, was I think November seventh, I think you know they did in their speeches. They were saying that it's it's time to heal and it's time to move forward. It's I mean it's easier said than done when I say it's time to heal because at the end of the day, like Trump has made um, Trump has made white supremacy much more overt um, in a in a new light. So it's definitely hard to like you know heal from that yesterday because it was such a large event, but. I mean, I'm just going to say that I hope that um, President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, uh, you know, keep their promises as they said that they were, that they said that they were going to promise to us Americans on election night and that there are consequences that there should be consequences implemented for people who do this. And it's not, it should not be that, you know, black protesters get this protest because, you know, what's going to rem rem rectify the situation is if they call it on in it and use, you know, Congress to pass laws so that stuff like this, you know, has consequences and that it's not seen that this is okay. Because it's like, if they don't take action on it, it's just stuff like this is just going to keep happening during the administration. And so it's like, they have to take action on it. And so like, this is not okay. So... I think that's my take on it. I, I don't know if I answered it to the best of I can, but that's my take on it because it's it's difficult to say to heal the nation. Like the nation has so many like wounds as it is. And so it's like, you know, they're not going to do one thing that's going to, you know, make everybody like, you know, uh, uh, pacify or just like be together, you know, peacefully. But um, I think if they take the right steps to, you know, condemn these actions um, and, you know, show that there's consequences, I think it could move into the right step in many directions. 
For most of Wednesday, President Trump was silent until he released a Twitter video and a few tweets saying to calm down. And in that Twitter video, we're not going to play it. He said, we love you. Go home in peace. We love you. Go home in peace to a group of insurrectionists. And as the president said that and still falsely claimed that he won the election, world leaders have weighed in, calling the siege on democracy an embarrassment. This is what French President Emmanuel Macron had to say. What happened today in Washington, D.C. is not America, definitely. We believe in the strength of our democracies. We believe in the strength of American democracy. And here's President-elect Joe Biden. To storm the Capitol, to smash windows, to occupy offices, the floor of the United States Senate rummaging through desks, on the Capitol, on the House of Representatives, threatening the safety of duly elected officials. It's not protest, it's insurrection. After the mob was quelled, Congress went on to do its duty and certify the Electoral College votes. Vice President Pence made a statement along with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Many sources tell us that members of President Trump's cabinet consider the 25th Amendment a vehicle to remove him from office, and many senior staff and secretaries are resigning in protest. Speaker Pelosi calls for the president's resignation, and if not, impeachment is on the table. We talk about that with The Beat senior political analyst Nicholas Cocazzelli. Describe yesterday's event in one word for me. Um, shocking. I, I know that's very obvious and that's probably the number one word you're going to hear, uh, among others, but it's, uh, I don't think anyone, well, I think we did expect it, but you know, when it actually happens, it was the moment we all said, wow, this is happening in the U S this is actually happening in our capital. Yeah. Was it actually um, su surprising, though, giving the rhetoric um, of the current president um, and uh, given uh, all of the uh, attacks on uh, American democracy? In a way, uh, I'll tell you what was shocking was the fact that they were able to actually get into the Capitol and, you know, broke windows open and had a few people sitting in the seat where uh, Vice President Pence was earlier that day. And no one, I don't think anyone expected that. And the fact that there were video showing uh, security or police basically letting them in with just not like, it, it's pathetic really that that was even, that, that even happens. And, you know, I expected maybe at most we'd get some, noise outside during the events and there, you know, be a protest, but it, it's that, that was what surprised me the most, not the fact that the event was happening, but the, the effect, the fact it went so far as it did. Right. Let's talk a little bit about security at the Capitol. Um, my, my last um, guest who came on, Jamina Molinas, um, said uh, in, in comparing yesterday's um, mob riot yesterday's act of 
domestic terrorism, as she said, um, that it, comparing it to the Black Lives Matter movement um, back in, in the summer, um, that if these protests, I shouldn't even call them protesters, if these insurrectionists um, were, were Black or were um, people of color, things would have been so different. And, and you just have to wonder why um, there wasn't enough security um, at the Capitol while there were um, National Guards lining the Lincoln Memorial back um, in June and July. Yeah, uh, it's pretty obvious it would have been different. Uh, I don't think anyone should have to question it. We, we've already seen it, how different it was in June, July. And yeah, it was, uh, it was ridiculous that, you know, these people, most of them, yeah, obviously they are all are Trump supporters. Some of them straight out Nazis, Confederate, waving the Confederate flag. Um, anarchy, whatever you want to call them, but I, I don't know what separates them from other events or like in where, where that the facts that in June, I believe early June, that Trump had protest, peace, mostly peaceful protesters teared gassed and uh, pushed off brutally from uh, the White House and in, in DC. Um, and that was it altogether a different situation. It, it's it makes no sense. And and now I'm I'm seeing. I feel like people are now trying to say, oh well, you know, Black Lives Matter or whatever. Antifa burns down buildings over the summer, which you know, um, is wrong. It's wrong to burn down buildings. It's wrong to engage in violence. But it, you know what? Um, the facts are is that. 93%, I believe, is the 90, 90, over 90% of the Black Lives Matter protests were peaceful. And th this was, uh, I, I, I don't know what you want to call it, but this, this is, I'll just leave it at the fact that this is the first time we've had um, people with Confederate flags in the White House, or not the White House, the Capitol. And the first time we've had someone raid the Capitol or a, diff a different uh, entity or force raid the, the Capitol since the War of 1812. So I think that alone should speak to the difference of how bad this is. Right, o over 200 years since um, the Capitol has last been raided. Um, quoting um, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi calling the Capitol quote, a temple of democracy. Yesterday, many of our allies have called um, those actions abhorrent. Um, New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern said democracy, quote, should never be undone by the mob. Where are we in the world now during the Trump administration? And where do you think we'll, we'll be um, after? I don't know, honestly, because I don't... I hate to tell you this, but I don't think this is the end. I think that this is just the beginning of what may be a series of events, uh, tragic events. You know, four people died, one of whom was shot by security, I believe is the report, and three of which uh, later died due to medical emergencies. And this could be uglier. Um, and this could have been even uglier. Uglier, obviously, it was a tragedy that uh, four lives were lost as a result. Um, but 
what bother what worries me is now there are reports that maybe this may happen again in a couple of weeks when we have Biden's inauguration. Maybe this will just happen again randomly over over some sort of Trump tweet. I don't know, or series of Trump tweets, obviously. But this is very dangerous. And the fact what worries me even more is that a YouGov poll came out today, I believe, or yesterday or, uh, recently that 45% of Republicans actually uh, either approved or somewhat approved of the events that happened. And only 43% uh, said they did not approve or somewhat did not approve. Uh, so that alarms me that almost half the Republican Party, the opposition or the, you know, one of the major parties, I should say, um, is okay with this. And over so many Republican Congress uh, people still voted yes for the objection and that do they bear responsibility do they and the 13 senators before yesterday's siege bear responsibility to what has happened yeah they do and i give them some credit for those who did after witnessing what happens at least uh pull back withdraw their objections but uh josh hawley did not for pennsylvania um, I know many Congress people did not, obviously, and I've, uh, Nicole Malliotakis from Staten Island or District 11 of New York uh, is currently, I believe, still going on about voter fraud allegations, which are, of course, been proven untrue, which interests me because she won her election and has, no one has raised a question about the validity of her, uh, you know, election win over Max Rose, uh, but she is inciting this and you know this is uh one I, I assume she also continued to vote yes if she still talked speaking with that rhetoric i don't see why she wouldn't um it's disgusting and i you know i'm worried i worry that you know now we have josh hawley and uh ted cruz now at the head of the continuing the trump movement and trump we don't know where he's going he's obviously not going anywhere but you know it's it's uh I don't know what to say. It's really a matter of we have to wait and see and we have to be um, aware and we can't just uh, you know, let, let, let it just happen. We have to we have to really take action to hold uh, these elected officials accountable. The former Attorney General Bill Barr said that President Trump betrayed his office. Is this the right time to be calling for the president's removal, to be calling for um, impeachment? Uh, it's tricky. Um, obviously I personally would prefer to have him removed, but, uh, John Bolton, who I, you know, I really don't necessarily agree with on a lot of issues. And, and I believe he made a lot of mistakes, even when he decided it was finally time to, to come out with what he felt was the right thing, but was on CNN with Jake Tapper earlier, um, stating that, he believes that the 25th Amendment um, would, if that were to happen, would inst- would instill more chaos into the situation and take it from bad to worse. And I think he has, he has something of a point there. And I, I don't know, is it, but at the same time, is it really, is it really that safe to have this man in office? Um, you know, it's very, it, there's no really good uh, situ- decision, I guess, or situation. Um, and while I, you know, personally, if there was an easy way where we could avoid all the repercussions, I would say remove him immediately. But um, the fact of the matter is that um, 
I don't know. It's it's gonna it's gonna be tough to see because a lot of these cabinet officials are resigning. Um, senators have obviously turned on Trump a degree. The vice president, actually, I don't know if you've if you've been aware made aware of this, but they just announced that Vice President Pence would uh, be open to attending uh, Joe Biden's inauguration, which I think is a good sign um, to unify. But uh, it really. My answer is, if it was up to me, I would do it. But at the same time, I am also aware of the repercussions it could have. Finally, we end with an on my beat. Over 100 Republican members of the House and 12 Republican senators vowed to object to the Electoral College votes before an insurrection seized a temple of democracy. Afterwards, a couple of senators renounced their objections, but that does not absolve them from their original intentions. All of them a confederacy of elected loyalists, not to their constituents, but to a president who cannot accept his loss in a fair and free election, one who incited a crowd of wannabe weekend warriors. It is a long road ahead to keep and sustain this pillar of democracy. It is a long and arduous uphill battle, long road ahead, for the next administration. I'm Panya in here in New York. Have a good day.